Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. Now, from Happy Valley, here's your host, Brian Tripp. Hello, Brian Tripp. Great to be with you once again here on Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. And coming up today, Adriana Napolitano, a part of the Penn State Sports Performance and Student Athlete Welfare Team. And she's the Assistant Director of Performance Psychology, working with Dr. Carl Olson. And she was actually on the podcast back in the fall, and we thought this would be a really good time to bring her back. A lot of advice from Adriana as she discusses not only what they're doing with student athletes and coaches now, but I think there are some things in here that you can apply to your personal life as well. And I know that it's something I took a lot from from our conversation. So without further ado, we welcome in Adriana Napolitano. Adriana, really appreciate the time. How are you doing? Yeah, Trip, thank you so much for having me. This is awesome to catch up and chat for a bit. Well, I'm not sure if you know this, but you are our first two-time guest on the podcast. What an honor. It seriously is. I didn't know that, so that is super cool, and I am flattered and very, very honored to, to be the first. I'm sure the first of many. You've got some good guests on so far, so uh, really, a lot of good stuff there. <laughs> really appreciate that. And when we talked last, it was probably mid-fall, and one of the things mm-hmm. we were discussing in your first year at Penn State and working with Dr. Olson is that you're forming relationships and getting to know the players and the coaches. And that's such an integral part of what you do. So how did those experiences in the fall and winter impact the unprecedented and unexpected work (laughs) that you're doing now? Yeah. um, So it has paid off dividends. It has been a huge, huge help because without relationships, honestly, you don't really get very far. Um, And so especially being able to go from in-person and build such a strong foundation, especially thanks to the work that Carl laid, being able to now transfer from in-person relationships to now online, whether it's just over the phone talks, which we've had some of, but mostly on Zoom, so you still at least get that face-to-face aspect. Um, But it's just been so different. And to be honest, I don't think a lot of that would have transferred. I don't think Carl and I would be as busy as we are if we hadn't had those in-person relationships first, because there is that aspect of human connection that is just lacking a little bit now through Zoom. And it's funny you say that because listening back to the previous podcast that we did, we talked a lot about you're watching body language and you're just an Mm -hmm. observer trying to pick up little details and ways that you can chime in when needed or when called upon. So how are you able to still use some of those skills and add some value when you're not having that human-to-human interaction? Yeah, it's actually a bit more... It's, it's funny. There's pros and cons to everything, you know, especially with body language. You get to see a little bit, you know, differently how people are setting up themselves for the Zoom calls. But also, I love the team calls that we get to be on where you get to see, you know, the athletes, whether they're in their bedrooms or their kitchens or their living rooms. And you get to see a little bit of their personality and almost their home life that you wouldn't have seen beforehand. So, you know, you get to ask them like, oh, what's that plaque about in the back? Or what's that picture you have? Or, hey, who is, who's that furry friend you've got, you know, walking across the back of your call? So you get to see them in a different light that you really wouldn't have if you were just walking on campus and talking or meeting them on the field or in the pool or wherever it may be. Um, so finding those little things to get that connection deeper, um, making the most of what you can. And as I hear you talking about this, this, these are common mm-hmm. things that I've heard from a lot of coaches, whether they're having book clubs or different group mm-hmm. meetings with their team. But many of the 
audience members listening to this podcast today may not have that same insight. So as you go across the board, what are some of the things that teams are doing? What are some of the things that you are doing right now that's keeping that schedule busy? Yeah. So like you said, a lot of teams right now are diving into book clubs. Uh, Anything that you can do while giving them the freedom to do it on their own time while also having them log back in and connect with one another on their ideas and what's really stood out to them. So having that freedom and flexibility and schedule to not have to be tied down, you know, they're staring at screens so much. Well, I guess they just finished classes, but for the most part, they've been staring at a screen all day. So it's what can we do to get them away from a screen, but still connected. So book clubs have been super popular. Anything with leadership development where they're doing something on their own, um, finding ways to still be physically active, of course, you know, get those endorphins going. And then I know Nick um, and the nutrition team have been, Kayla especially, have been so great with putting out cooking challenges. So a lot of teams have come up with, all right, what are these fun ways that we can, you know, give back to the people who are taking care of us, you know, our family members that we don't usually get to spend so much time with. Why don't I cook them a meal? And so they're doing different things in the kitchen with different sources of nutrition, which I personally have been like, wow, I can learn a lot from you guys. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So just like really uh, genuine ways to just think outside the box and still foster communication and uh, connection without being tied to a screen because we definitely have seen some screen fatigue. And so trying to balance that, like, all right, well, I want to be connected, but I've spent six hours already staring at my screen. A FaceTime, you know, with a friend from home or a friend from school might just be a little too much right now. What are other ways I can connect with them? And that's where you're seeing things like book clubs or maybe even handwriting letters, a lot of journaling. We're doing, you know, reflection work, um, meditation, yoga, anything where you're moving and just really kind of valuing where you're at and how you can make the most of it because it is really easy to get bogged down in the negatives and what we don't have and what we're missing out on. So how can we flip the switch and make the most out of this situation? How much trial and error has there been on your (laughs) side for, hey, this works or maybe this doesn't work because you've had to adjust in what your guidance to them is as well. No one expected to have to guide student athletes how to perform and psychologically how to navigate this this time. I mean, no one's been through it before. So how have you adjusted and what kind of process has that been like? (laughs) It has definitely been a learning experience. And I think that's the fun in it too, if you can see it as a learning experience and understanding that, like you said, no one's dealt with this before. So how are we going to make the most of it? Because this is uncharted territory. Um, And so being able to have that sense of curiosity and just that learner mindset of like, all right, well, you know, a Zoom call with me in my kitchen. And then it's also the same. And apparently that my cat wants to go crazy in the background. Probably not the best place to set up for me. Um, or, you know, having a Zoom call when you have international students. So finding a time that works for everyone involved, mm-hmm. getting different time zones involved, super tricky. Like, all right, let's not have some people just waking up and some people, you know, fighting to go to bed or something like that. So it's really been an interesting mix of just kind of rolling with the punches, figuring out what works and not getting too bogged down or too tied down to one specific idea, but really kind of that curiosity piece of, all right, you know, what was pros and cons of this approach and should we change it? Or are we looking just to change something just to do it? What's the actual purpose behind this? I think that also a lot of what the teams are doing now. Um, different hourly rules are changing. You know, you might have more contact now than you would have in traditional school year, you know, usually they'd go out and not have any contact with coaches um, for certain teams at a certain time. So it's 
now they're getting that time back. And it's kind of questioning, are we doing something just to do something or what's the real purpose and intent, which drives a lot of what we're doing? You know, we don't want to add more stuff to their plate just to add more stuff. A lot of times, Carl and I talk about more isn't necessarily better. More is sometimes just more. Mm -hmm. So how can we use what we really have and be effective with that? And I think to follow up on that, and I'll just relate this personal experience as well. There's probably a give and take where it's a feel. I know, for instance, for a week or two, if I found myself watching the news or reading about the coronavirus, there are some things that are, are triggers. And maybe at times you just have to step back. And there's a lot that we're, a lot that we're negotiating and navigating personally and mentally like some of this, just the whole atmosphere in the current environment can be fatiguing itself that sometimes mm-hmm. you have to step back or sometimes maybe you're there as a, a different resource or in a different manner for these student athletes. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one thing that we've addressed, I want to say with a handful of teams now, is that your body doesn't differentiate stress between whether it's mental, emotional, physical. So the stress that you're getting from watching the news you know, if it's 24 seven or even for a week straight, whatever it is, versus also reading about it online versus also the stress it needs to be are still physically active and working out. Mm-hmm. Your body is just taking hit after hit. So finding ways to balance and rejuvenate too, you know, that's so important. When we talked back in the fall, one of the things that mm-hmm. I know we emphasize with you and with the background that Carl has is the experience mm-hmm. with the army. H- has anything that mm-hmm. you went through with that or any of your training come in handy when dealing with this circumstance? Yeah, surprisingly so. Well, I guess not surprisingly so because there is a lot of uh, transferable skills involved. But 100% when it comes to dealing with uncertainty, I had a lot of experience um, just learning from some of the best in the field when it comes to sports psych and uh, performance psychology, but then also being able to apply it to work with soldiers because realistically, yes, we have information and we have plans And we'd like to get as many of those things as possible. But when you're going on a deployment or when you're going on a special mission or even on a training assignment, there are going to be things that they're specifically, they're holding information back from you if it's Mm -hmm. a training environment, or there's going to be stuff where you just don't really know. You don't have a 100% full picture. And I think that's, I mean, true for life, honestly. And so dealing with this aspect of uncertainty, how do we handle that? How do we mentally get through it? And how do we make the most of it? And I think that's been really transferable when it comes to this. I mean, when kids went home for spring break, I don't think they realized, I don't think any of us realized, all right, well, I guess we're not coming back on campus for the rest of the semester. So really, what were some of those main takeaways that we worked with, um, with the Army of dealing with uncertainty is that aspect of just taking it day by day and focusing back on what the controllables are in those situations. We know that our energy is finite, right? So we can't spend... 120% without recharging my battery at some point. So if I'm worried so much on the things that I can't control, on things that I'm really frustrated about but have no actual influence over, then that's just going to waste and drain my battery when I can put that energy on something a bit more proactive or productive. Um, What we really find is that frustration sets in when we're trying to fight something that we can't control. So recognizing when you're starting to feel frustrated during really throughout the day because our emotions are going to, you know, exist on this continuum. One minute we might be like totally okay with going on. And then maybe you see something, you read something or something happens and your day just flips. But recognizing in that moment, like, all right, what am I really frustrated about? And then recognizing, is there anything I can do about this? 
there's a lot easier said than done. It's very hard to do recognizing that kind of digging deep to the surface or past the surface level. I'm feeling frustrated. What is this actually about? What can I actually do about it? And then either accepting that in this scenario, there is nothing I can do about it, but I can, you know, take a next step forward. I don't need to let it hold me back or hold me down. I can still continue on in some sort of way. And that's where Carl and I also talk about having some sort of action plan for when you're feeling frustrated and that importance of winning the moment. Sometimes winning the moment is just taking a deep breath for yourself to calm yourself down. And that's key. That's great advice. And you know, as a player, as a coach, and through all your background, that coaches and athletes, they like to control everything. They, they don't want unpredictability. <laughs> They're very routine oriented. So this is, this is something that's a particular challenge for those in high-level athletics. Yeah, 100%. I was just um, on a video call this morning with a staff, and we were talking about the importance of imagery, which is foundational mental skill, and how that plays into kind of seeing out a strategy and a plan and how we can see how we want to respond to something. But at the same time, you know, if you think back to some of your star moments, either as a reporter or, you know, as if there are any athletes, like your star plays, were those things that you really rehearsed? Mm -hmm. Probably not. Those are things that just happened at the cuff of the moment and you got to surprise yourself with that. So using that as leverage and kind of as a reassurance, like I am 100% the first to admit, I love to overthink. I love to overanalyze. I need as much information as I can get. But I know that there have been times in the past where I performed exceptionally well without having all the information. And so that's a little bit reassuring of knowing that like, oh, I can still, you know, leave some things or leave some things up for surprise and I'm going to be okay. And that's why in sports you have a coach sleeping on a cot in the office and they're watching film <laughs> and game planning. And then yeah. there still are those circumstances you can't prepare for. But what can right. a student athlete or a coach do to put that best game plan together, even though it might not always play out the way the scouting report says? Absolutely. I mean, you obviously you want as much information as possible and you want to plan as much as possible. But understanding that at the end of the day, that's what we love about sports. That's what we love about performances is that anything can happen. That's why you play, right? That's why you compete. When you're talking with athletes and coaches, what are they finding to take positive out of this? And what are they finding to take as a really a, a challenge that might be an obstacle that's harder to overcome? Yeah. So I'll start with the challenges. I think first is just everyone kind of getting over that shell shock of the lack of connection or at least the lack of perceived connection, the lack of one-on-one -on -one in person connection. And so it's been really cool from that challenge is seeing evolution of how we connect now, either through Zoom, um, through, you know, group me, group chat, through Snapchat even. Uh, like I said earlier, there's different challenges. So seeing that evolution of how we stay connected. So I think it's just like so key for coaches and administrators too, because we can't forget them in all of this. They are working above and beyond just like anyone else. Um, anyone in the athletic department to really look at this as a learning experience. Um, we do so much in athletics that is just above and beyond. And anyone who works in a large university knows that athletics is not your typical nine to five. Mm -hmm. And so you're usually putting in, you know, strange hours, and you're doing a lot of work. And unfortunately, because of that, even though you're doing it for a great cause, you're limiting maybe family time, you're limiting social time, you're limiting time with other people or even maybe just alone time if you really value that because you're so involved and you're so invested in making a really great environment for work and for athletics. 
And so what we're seeing now is, okay, well, now that I can't physically be in my office, but I'm still doing some work, I also now get this really great added bonus time of time with my family that I would have got, would not have gotten before. So what are ways that we can now leverage this? Because as we are seeing, you know, state college just, I want to say went to the yellow phase. So things are slowly going to start, you know, getting back to that normal air quotes. Um, what is this going to look like when we do return? How can we take some of the stuff that we've really kind of enjoyed from this period and integrate it back to making a new normal when we return? How can I still get some of that family time while I'm still, you know, contributing to an amazing, amazing program. And so finding ways like that to still be creative, I think that's been really exceptional. And that's definitely stuff that different programs are starting to talk about of integrating like, well, I'm so grateful because I have had this extra time with, you know, kids, family members, whoever it may be. How can I bring that back in? Because we've now seen that it's possible to still run pretty well and have that as well. So it's not one or the other. It's now both. And it's not the circumstance you want something to occur under, but I've heard from mm-hmm. a few coaches where it's a blessing in disguise, where you get into such a routine of, and let's just use baseball, for example. All right, fall mm-hmm. practice, holidays, come right back, get ready for the season to start. Season starts, you're traveling, recruiting, and it's just an endless cycle year after year after year. You don't have that time to step back and reassess. And now all of a sudden you have a little bit of time and coach Cooper is one of the coaches that, that referenced this. You have a little bit of time to step back and whether it's change personally or make personal adjustments, or you want to hone something in your craft. This is when you actually finally have some availability to do so. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you bring up coach Coop because he is doing just absolutely phenomenal things during this time, especially when it would have been his prime time, his season. I mean, he is just really learning so much and bringing people together. He's done this excellent, like amazing idea of um, creating this atmosphere and the environment for different coaches from different areas, different teams um, to get together and do Zoom conference calls where we just learn from each other. I was on one or listening in on one the other night and, you you know, high school coaches, college coaches, club team coaches, and then coaches that were not even in baseball involved. So like he's really dived in and, just made the most of it. So it's been really, really cool to see and stay connected with him and hear what he's doing. Well, outside of work, how are you staying busy? What are some of the things that you're up to during, during social distancing? All right. I am. Uh, so I did watch Tiger King. Mm-hmm. I do have to confess. Um, I'm trying to stay up to date and well, I guess not even up to date. I'm trying to read more, which is definitely one of my bucket list items to get more involved and more in depth with my reading list that I've just, let get way too long um and then i also have tried to take up you know, sometimes i just need to get away from the screen and kind of away from words on a page try to take up knitting mm-hmm. um that's been really difficult <laughs> it always looks like one of those crafts i'm like oh yeah i could figure that out um and i gotta say it's a lot harder than it looks so if anyone has any tips or <laughs> anything like that please reach out. I could use them. It, it has not been a pretty process, but it's a learning curve for sure. <laughs> What's the first project? A hat, a scarf? What are you working on? So I'm working on a baby blanket. One of my sisters is pregnant and I thought this would be a really fun, a really sweet kind of individualized um, thing for me to give her a little gift to give um, when hopefully late August is the due date. Hopefully we get sports back. Hopefully we have a healthy baby. Hopefully 
you know, a lot of stuff will be happening. But yeah, that's the first object is just what would be a simple baby blanket has turned out to not be so simple. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Adriana, really appreciate the time. This was terrific, uh, fascinating stuff and certainly deserving to be our first two-time guest here on the podcast. Thanks so much. (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much. Like I said, I'm honored and just really enjoy talking with you anytime. And awesome stuff there from Adriana Napolitano, the Assistant Director of Performance Psychology with Penn State Athletics. I think stuff that not only athletes can apply, that's something maybe we all can apply to our personal lives as we navigate these unprecedented times. That's becoming the catchword, I know. Got to try to come up with a new phrase to say. But it's been difficult, and I'm glad that, and I hope that you can take something from this. I know I certainly did here today. Terrific advice from Adriana. And we will talk to you next time. This has been another episode of Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. If you like what you heard here today, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Thanks so much for tuning in to Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics.